Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. Welcome to the Tabernacle Deliverance Sunday evening service. I'm Pastor Wells, and I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, through us, and in the midst of us, regardless of all the stuff that's going on around us today. It's good to know that God is good. It's good to know that God is in charge, regardless. And there's a lot of stuff that I say going on today. I'm just excited about what God is doing today for me. And I'm trusting the Lord is doing something good for you today as well. So I'm excited about what God is doing for us in the midst of all the stuff that's going on today in the world. You know, I want to. Uh, I hear an old song in my head. Oh, my goodness. I hear an old song. Let's go way back. Way back to God. Let's go way back. Way back to God, let's go way back. Way back to God, let's go way back. Way back to God, let's go way back to righteousness. Way back to God, let's go way back to righteousness. Let's go back to God. Oh, let's go way back. Way back to God, let's go way, way, way back. Way back to God, let's go way back to holiness. Way back to God, let's go way back to holiness. Way back to God, let's go way back. Way back to God, let's go way, way back. Way back to God, let's go way back. Way back to God, let's go way back. Way back to God, let's go way back to righteousness. Way back to God, let's go way back to righteousness. Way back to God. You know, that song is true. We need to go way back to God. We need to go back to righteousness. We need to go back to holy living. We need to go back to godliness. We used to, we need to go back. Way, way back. Because the church of today has lost its walk with God. It's just a religious thing to do to go to churches today. Uh, we're, we're so wrapped up in formality. Do we need to go way back to God? How you head for a moment. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you today. I ask you to forgive us, forgive us of our sins and cleanse our heart, mind, and soul. Bear with us today. Guide us, lead us, protect us by your Holy Spirit, our oh Lord God. I ask that you have mercy on us today. Open our understanding of your word. Touch every liberal soul that's watching this broadcast today. In Jesus' name, amen. I know I'm not a great singer, but that's all it's true. Let's go way back to God. You know what? There's a lot of debate and um, talk about putting prayer back in school and all this other stuff. And yeah. that's going to stop the mass shooting. It is not. Uh, they say, put more security in the school. That's going to stop the mass shooting. It is not. That stuff's not going to stop mass shooting. You know why? People probably get upset with me when I say this, but this is true, and I want you to think about this. Putting prayer back in school simply means having hundreds of kids from different religions praying at the same time. And that's massive confusion. Everybody can't pray Christian prayers in school because you got kids from all over, all different types of religion and all type of beliefs that their parents teach them at home. And you have to eat people. Putting prayer back in school will not solve this problem. We need to put God in our lives. Get God in your life. Stop trying to sugarcoat stuff and make it sound good for, for political reasons. This is not a, 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 a independent thing. This is not a democratic thing. This is not a Republican thing. This is a sin thing. They need to be dealt with. And they need to be dealt with righteously. Uh, people talking about, oh, they need to put prayer back in school. Oh, they need to do that. Put prayer back in school ain't going to solve nothing. Because if those kids don't learn God at home, praying in school, what is it going to do? The teachers are going to teach the children to pray? So you're going to have a teacher for every religion in every class? 
I will tell the truth. Today I want to talk to you about obstacles, part two. Back in January, I, I, I did a message on obstacles. That is today, I want to talk to you on the second part of it. About what's going on with obstacles in our lives, temptations in our lives, trials in our lives. I want to tell you something real quick about me. I went to the dentist on Thursday and have two teeth pulled. But before up to that event of going to the dentist, I had massive thoughts in my head, running through my head. Enemy was working on my head. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Because I had a bad experience the last time I went. I didn't have an oral surgeon due to uh, he pulled a tooth. When he pulled the tooth, I th thought I was actually going to die on the table. It was that bad. I mean, I never felt that way in my life. I mean, it was bad. I had teeth pulled many times, but not like that. Something went, something went wrong. He didn't do something right. Now, with the oral surgeon, when I got there uh, to get my tooth pulled on Thursday, they would pull two. Not one. Two minutes and one, right? Two. It took them five minutes. Or if it was three minutes, I'm not even sure. He gave me the needle set. It's not going to bother you. Boom. Them teeth were gone. I didn't even know they were gone. I'm asking, are you done yet? I said, oh, where are you going? He was walking out. I said, he said, I'm finished. I said, huh? I'm finished. I'm talking to him. I'm talking to him. Why are you finished? He said, yeah, I already pulled your teeth out. I'm like, what? I'm like, wait a minute. The other time I was there, I was dying. And you do it in five seconds. It's about skill. It's about knowledge. Amen. Obstacle. I prayed the night before I went to the desk and asked God to work with me with that because, uh, you know, it was painful. And he worked with me with that and uh, with no pain. No, it wasn't the destiny. It was God working with the dentist. <laughs> Got to get this right. Obstacles in your life. Obstacles of fear. Obstacles of unbelief. Obstacles that present themselves to hinder you. Obstacles. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Obstacles. And it reads as follows. There have if no temptation taken you, but that such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be attempted above that ye are able. But with the temptation, also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Let me read it again. There have no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But with the temptation, also make a way of escape that ye are able to bear it. Mm, that's an interesting scripture. People complain about going through stuff. People complain about problems they have in their personal life. People complain about this. People come because people just complain. But in this life, as long as you live on this earth, you are going to have obstacles. I'm going to say it again. As long as you live on this earth and in this life that we live day to day, you're going to be faced with obstacles. You're going to be faced with temptation. You're going to be faced with discouragement. But I want to tell you something. Some uh, great man that loved God. So he said, disappointment and discouragement as much as part of your success as income and reward. Discouragement plays a part of your life to make you and mold you and build you. This scripture says here, there's no temptation. There's no obstacles. That's not known common to man that you're going to go through. That you won't go through. But God is faithful. This is, I like this part. God has faith you to bring you out of all of your temptation, out of all the obstacles that, you know, temptation is like an obstacle that's put before you. 
But temptation also comes from things that you're used to do to draw you back. Obstacles are put there before you to cause you to stumble backwards. Stumble at things and, and wallow in sin and, and sin and cause yourself to lose out the promises and blessings of God off your life that he wants to give you. The Bible said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have entered the hearts of men the things that God prepared for them that love him. Now, here's the funny thing. No prophet could tell you all the things that God promised you. He could prophesy whatever he wants, but he can never tell you everything that God promised you because no one has seen that. No one has heard about it. It has anything that's nobody else's heart because God promised it just for you. My heart goes out to all these people and children that have been killed over the last month through mass shootings. Here in America, my heart goes out to the children in other countries that have been slaughtered. Obstacle. We create obstacles. Politicians create obstacles. I'm really not much of a political person, but this bothers me. I mean, I'm, uh, I do politics, but oh, it bothers me because I don't look at it as a, a Republican or Democratic thing or independent thing or Green Party thing or whatever party you belong to. It's a righteous thing about doing what's right. Cutting off family before they begin to live. Obstacles that man creates, God can move them. Obstacles that the devil placed in front of you, God can remove them. I want to tell you something about that famous song. Everybody sings that song. Watch how that song go. I'm climbing up, climbing up, Jesus. On the rough side. I'm doing in my best to make it in. Now listen, I'm climbing up, climbing up Jesus, on the rough side of the mountain. I'm doing in my best to make it in. And everybody jumping up and down saying hallelujah, thank you Jesus. And the Lord sings back to them, I never told you. To climb up the rough side or smooth side, I simply told you in my word to speak to that mountain. Oh, nobody's saying hallelujah now. I told you before, trust and obey me. Yes, see, y'all like that, right? But y'all want to sing, I'm climbing up the roof side of the mountain. And God never said that. God never said that. God said, speak to the mountain. We can't climb over obstacles. We want them to move. Jesus said, if you believe and have the faith of a grain of a mustard, you can tell that mountain to move and to be cast in the sea. We need to speak to obstacles in our lives, just like the scriptures talking about that God will make a way of escape for you. He didn't tell you to go put yourself in no mess. God wants to make a way of escape in your personal life, in your church life, in your job life, and in your home life. Some of y'all are in abusive relationships. God wants to bring you out of that. Speak to that mountain and stop being afraid of that mountain. If the man is a builder, speak to that mountain in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you, there is power in the name of Jesus. Real power. I ain't talking about no googly-googly magical power. I'm talking about authentic, clean power from God. You say, oh, I never heard that. God, God's power is not magical. God don't deal in luck. That's the devil. God don't deal in love. God is not a lucky God. He's an on-time God. He said, I am that I am. I'm the first and the last. I'm 
the beginning of the end. You can just come around. You ain't got to deal with no luck. Hocus pocus and guessing. Go and move obstacles that we ask him to. And we trust him to move obstacles. Just like this scripture that he'll make a way of escape. No man is above temptation. No man is above going through obstacles or, or dealing with obstacles. But we got to speak to them in Jesus' name. You know what? I've been listening to Pastor T this morning. She was talking about Samson. A lot of people misunderstand about Samson. Samson knew better than what he was doing. Samson was lusting after that woman, so she got the best upper hand. Delilah wasn't an obstacle to Samson. Samson was an obstacle to himself because of his lustful desires. Oh, yeah, hear me this morning, this afternoon. Samson was his own obstacle. I've learned that you can become your worst enemy. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear that. Nobody want to hear that. We point fingers at everybody else. But you can be your own worst enemy. When you do like this to somebody, you always point back at yourself. Obstacles. Samson became his own obstacles because he won't obey God. So he kept doing what he wanted to do. He got his results. Obstacles. If you allow obstacles to control you, you will never receive what God has for you. That's why the scripture says here, listen to verse 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, There have no temptation taken you, but that which is common to man. But that God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted, above that you are able. What does he say? What is God really saying here, beloved? God will not allow you to be attempted or with anything above that which you're able to achieve victory over. You say, but I've seen people backslide. They choose to. I've seen people go commit fornication, homosexuality, drink, and all this stuff. They choose to. It's a choice to trust God or yield to sin. I'll say it again. It's a choice to trust God or yield to whatever it is. Whatever your obstacle is. And people are faced with many obstacles today, different type of obstacles in their life today, wherein they really need God's help. They really need God's grace. They really need God's power. They really need God's strength. But they have to expect him. They have to ask him and they have to trust him to do it. It's not going to happen otherwise. It's not going to happen no other way. It's not going to happen the opposite. The only way that it's supposed to happen God will make a way of escape for you, even with the obstacles. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. Listen to this. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. One more time, one more time. Numbers 13 and 30 said, and Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. I want you, when you get a chance to read that story, that chapter, you're gonna find out in that cap chat chapter, there were spies that were sent to spy out the land. Cal was one of them. The rest of the spies brought back, brought back bad stories of there's giants in the land. They'll kill us the minute we come in there. We can't do it. But Cal said, nah, 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 not so. Cal wasn't worried about no obstacle. Yes, there were giants in the land. But Cal knew that God would work with them. That was the difference. 
He said, we're well able. You got to understand something. You got, you can be well able to overcome your obstacles. I don't care how big the giant in your life is. I don't care if it's the giant of cancer, leukemia. I don't care. You can overcome your obstacles. Abusive relationship. No job. No home. You can overcome those obstacles through Jesus Christ. God the Father is always available. Caleb knew this. He knew that God was a one time God and God can remove every obstacle or show them how to remove it. Because the land was full of giants. But Cal knew it was flowing with milk and honey. And Cal said, I want the milk and honey. I don't I don't care about those giants. They're not stopping me from getting me some milk and honey, baby. I'm going in and who want to come with me? Let's go possess the plan, plan right now, not tomorrow. That's how you got to be. When God opens the door, walk in that door. Don't wait till the door closes and you're knocking on it. Let me in. The Bible said today you hear my voice hard, not your heart of the day in the publication when God calls on them, they want to hear him. Obstacles. The obstacles that present themselves to you each day are there for a reason. Some of them are there to make you grow. Some of them are there to make you see your mistakes. Some of them are there that the devil planted them to trip you up. Y'all hear me? Obstacle. You want a house? Tell God what kind of house you want. Be realistic. Tell God what you want. Did you know that the Bible said, Jesus said, whatsoever you ask my, in my, my, in my father in my name, he'll do it. Now, he don't go outside his word. See, he knows if you scam to do some dirt. I'm not talking about that. You ask God for a house, he can't lie. No. <laughs> I can't lie. I stake my life on it. God can't lie. People say, you do what? I stake my life on God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. That's a fact. I've seen him in action. Obstacle. I never forget the story. I, I always tell people, some people laugh at the story about the dogs. One Friday night, I was coming home from church. Back in the 80s, I was a young man. I just got saved not too long ago. And I was coming home one night. I got me a little boldness to walk through, uh, 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 back then, an all-white neighborhood. They didn't like black folks. I'm going to be honest with you. They didn't. But I, I didn't care. I figured God would take care of me. So I just walked through there. And I like to walk. I need to walk more than that. But I just love to walk, so I walk from Jamaica, Queens to Brooklyn, New York. I know it's a long walk. It is a walk, but it's nice. So what happened was, when I got home down the block from my house, when I got down the block from my grandmother's house, <laughs> this dog came charging after me. And I already knew the dog was crazy. That was the people across the street, around the corner from my grandmother's house dog. The dog, they, they were crazy. And that dog was crazy. It looked like the dog was demon possessed. Everybody got away when that dog came coming. And I didn't see the dog. That dog came charging after me. And next thing I, I just turned around for some reason with all the might in my body. I rebuked that dog. I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. That was my first time ever using the name of Jesus in my life. That dog froze and was going, rawr, 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 rawr. the dog froze and was scared. He didn't know. The dog didn't know. I was more shocked how powerful the name of Jesus was. <laughs> that gave me some backbone that night. I'll never forget. I never forgot that night. And then I experienced it again at another time. When I told my brother-in-law this story, he thought I was lying. 
I don't forget telling him. I'll tell him, I'm telling him, yeah, man, this is what happened. He said, yeah, whatever. So one day we were walking down the street on Atlantic Avenue, on Clawson Avenue. Man, we walked by that garage, and all them dogs came charging after. I don't know if them dogs were just messing with me. I don't know why. All those dogs came charging, and they were guard dogs. They were not regular dogs. I don't know why those dogs wasn't on no chain that day. Them dogs came charging. My brother-in-law took off. I knew I couldn't outrun those dogs anyway. So I just, I said, Mark, I'm not running. I told you that power in that name. I turned around and rebuked them again with all the authority in my body, but all the strength in me. And them dogs looked at me like I was crazy and turned around and went about their business. That name, there's power in that name. It could remove your obstacles. There's power in the name of Jesus. And there's power in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there's power in the Son of the Living God's name. Obstacles. When you look at this verse, Calv still the people and told them that we can go into that land and possess it now, not tomorrow. He didn't let the obstacles that his eyesight saw him stop him. He didn't let those obstacles stop him. He didn't let them stop him, do you hear me? Even though he knew they had a giant in the land, but he looked at the grapes. He looked at the honey. He looked at the milk. He looked at all the good stuff in the land. He said, forget those giants. We'll take them down, big as they are. They're the saying, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. He wasn't afraid. The obstacles, because he knew the God whom he served, will bring him through. Let's move on, Bill. Let's go to Psalm chapter, a uh, Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. And verse six. Proverbs chapter three and verse six says. Listen to what it says here. It says. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I'll read it again. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. If you acknowledge God and what you're doing, he'll direct your path. That's why a lot of people have unnecessary obstacles, temptation, because they don't acknowledge God and what they're doing. A lot of young women wind up raped and with babies because they didn't acknowledge God with who they were going around. The Holy Spirit of God will guide you and lead you in all trust. Truth, the Bible said, after the Spirit of truth will come into your life, He'll lead you, He'll guide you in all truth if you want to be led. Obstacles can be avoided. Let me pray for the television broadcast. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to touch every liberal soul. I ask you to break every yoke in their life and meet the needs in their lives. Oh, God, save, deliver, and make free. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen. A lot of people get messed up because they allow their flesh to reject acknowledging God and then they got to suffer the consequences when all kind of dumb stuff happens. I'm serious. We shout in the church. When we, when we go to church, we shout and praising God. But then when we go out, we don't even include God. We don't even include God in what we do it. We don't include him. We don't include God in what we're doing, and then we cry. I'm serious. Many saints died before they time because they didn't acknowledge the Lord before they went. He said, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Now, I know the story of two missionaries. Well, they were supposed to be missionaries. They went out with one of my friends as a missionary. And they went out, they were in Africa or India, we either Africa or India. And they were told specifically not to leave early, not to deviate the route. Well, the two guys, was, uh, uh, I guess they were super spiritual. They left early and took another route. Nobody never seen them until this very day. Why? Somebody probably ate them. <laughs> maybe some of the animals ate them or maybe some of the cannibals ate them. Because they were told not to go another way. 
When God gives you a path, that's the path you're supposed to dwell on. No other path, no other route, no other way. No, Don't deviate. In all your ways, if you want to get those obstacles out of your life, I don't care if they're bills. I don't care if it's your mortgage, your car note not being paid. Acknowledge God and don't be foolish with your money. I'm serious. Don't be foolish with your money. See, you got to be careful with that. I remember in the beginning, I said we become our own obstacles. As Samson, you can be foolish with your finances. People get upset with God because they got saved, they pay their tithes, they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't do none of the stuff they used to do, and they're the brokest people in town. It's not God's fault. If you don't manage your money and your finances, you're going to stay broke. You can speak in tongues all you want, be saved all you want. God is not doing that for you. That's something you have to do. You have to manage your money. You have to ask him to show you how to manage your money. For too long, the church, church people have been blaming God because they don't have no money. But if you don't manage your money, you're going to be broke. You can pay your tithe faithfully. Paying your tithe faithfully does not mean that you're maintaining your finances. God doesn't just open a window of heaven and just pour out money for you to just blow it. That's not being stupid. Move the obstacles of ignorance out of your life. I pay my tithe and God don't even bless me financially. I struggle. I pay my tithe faithfully. First of all, you gave your tithes grudgingly. The Bible said he loves a cheerful giver, number one. Number two, you got to manage your money. You got to manage your finances, pay your tithes and offerings that you're supposed to, but you still got to manage your money. I gave the pastor, but you ain't gave the pastor nothing when you give me your tithes and offering. I belong to the church to take care of the ministry. If you want to give the pastor something else, well, that's something different. Obstacle. We are our greatest obstacles. I don't know why, but we like being an obstacle. We like being our own obstacle. Whether we cannot receive the full kingdom blessings in our life, because we won't listen to the voice of God, we won't obey what his word says. This, this little scripture. In all thy way, all, A-L-L. -L. All thy ways, acknowledge him. You know what the Bible say? The Bible say, listen to this. If any among you sick, let them call the elders of the church, let them anoint them with oil. And if they forget committed any sin, they'll be forgiven. We don't believe that. We run to the doctor first, and then we call somebody we know that can pray. We do it backwards, and then we get mad because God won't heal us. I'm a perfect example of that scripture. I'm going to call God first. I'm going to call on the saints of God that I know alive. I could get a prayer thrown for me person. I have done it. I've done it numerous times because we're supposed to follow. Don't tell me you following God's word and don't follow it. That's what the scripture said. We become our own obstacles to our own healing, to our own deliverance, our own sanity sometimes. I'm serious. Sometimes you got to turn the TV off, the computer off. You got to turn these things off so you can hear God because they become obstacles. We make our children, our cars, our job, all these things we make obstacles to keep us from being blessed. The Bible says no man can outgive God. The Bible said he'll bless you going in and he'll bless you coming out. But you got to acknowledge him in your way. Obstacles can be beneficial to you 
if you know how to deal with them and remove them. But if you do not know how to speak to those obstacles through the word of God, they'll destroy you. And people can be your obstacles. I never forget an individual that I was ministering with years ago. The Lord told me to leave them alone. He told me that you cannot work with them. And I'm going to go and help. Yes, me. That's I'm going to tell the truth. Yes, me. I'm going to continue working with them. Well, I did a revival. I did, I think, a three or four night revival. And I let them teach one night. When they got through teaching, I was getting rebuke left and right from different people. And I look like a dummy standing there. I'm trying to figure out where did he go wrong? I already knew where he went wrong. God told me not to work with him. <laughs> but because he was my friend, listen to me carefully, because of my, he was my friend, I didn't want to offend him. Now I'm in trouble. One of the other elders rebuked me. The other people looking at me like I'm crazy. I, I'm, I'm trying to fix it. There was nothing to fix. There was nothing to fix because the Lord had already spoken to me before that not to work with him. I, and above all, not to be doing a revival with him, but I did. I went on and did it. That's why I'm trying to tell you, beloved, you could be your own obstacle. So after being rebuked and embarrassed that way, it didn't even affect him. That's the funny part. So one day we were walking. <laughs> I can never forget this day. We were walking down the street. And I said to him, uh, so and so, I got to tell you something. He said, What? I said, Well, I'm like kind of beating around a bush, you know, when I'm beating around a bush, I go, Oh, well, you know. And then I came outside. I said, The Lord said, I can't work with you. I thought he would be fine. That man was so mad with me that day. He said, How long have you known it? The Lord Ben told me this a long time ago. That man chewed me out. How could you? Why are you waiting now to tell me that you you're not supposed to work with me? Well, I I, I didn't I didn't want to upset you. I, I I I was trying to fix it somehow. It was nothing to fix. He had every right to rebuke me, tell me off, because even though God told me not to work with him, he was right because I should have told him then and cut it short. Love him and all, fellowship with him, but ministry wise, the answer was no. And you cannot work with everybody in the ministry. We become our own obstacles. It's the same thing taking a partner on a job. Your job gives you a project. And you pick Joe to work with you. You know you and Joe don't work together, but you're going to do it anyway. And Joe makes a mess and you both get in trouble. But you knew better from the get-go. If you acknowledge God in your ways, you wouldn't have got Joe. But you did it on your own. It's the same thing with us getting married. We make obstacles unnecessarily in our own life. No, you don't need to marry that person. You do it anyway. You're going to impress somebody and look like a fool in the end. Just the truth. Well, God put together no man put a sin. Everybody thinks that's everybody to get married. It is not. They say, well, God put together no man put a sin. God don't put everybody together. People put themselves together. Mommy and daddy put people together and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's why the scripture says clearly, in all your way, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path out of that obstacle. He'll direct your path out of that obstacle that you're facing. We want to be blessed of God. We want God to move in our lives. We really want to see God. We want to see God, but you got to obey him. If we don't obey him, how we? As Pastor George always says, how are you going to know somebody you don't hang around? How are you going to know God? You don't want to be on the, what he's saying. How are you going to know him? How are you going to know God if you... It's silly. That's silly. And it's foolish. How are you going to know God if you don't want to listen to what he's saying? Do what he's saying. You don't hang around him. United States of America. We're supposed to be a God we trust. Do you really think they trust in God? 
very dumb. It's just something to say. If you were to read about how that became on uh, money, you'll be surprised. Uh, the coins used to say, mind your own business before they put in God be trust. That's what he used to say, mind your own business. <laughs> I'm not making it up. Look it up. I'm not making it up. That's true. Oh, what are you doing to me? Uh, but it's true. Mind your own business. We make obstacles. And then we get upset with God because they're there. Why is God tempting me? God don't tempt no man. Neither can he be tempted. For my old sins, the lustful things we're drawing back. They become obstacles to us. Some of us used to like to party, dance all night long. Rag me. And when we hear certain songs, all of a sudden, your mind starts rolling back. You got to put yourself in check. Obstacles. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 5. Or verse 2. James chapter 1. Verse 2. Obstacle. James chapter 1 and verse 2. Listen to this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. I'll read it again. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Why? Why should you count it all joy? Why? Because that temptation is nothing but an obstacle that God can remove out of your life if you acknowledge it. Count it on joy because God is going to bring you through this. God is going to bring you over this, right through it. That song climbing up the rough side of the mountain. Don't apply. God never told us to climb up no rough side or smooth side. I don't see that in the Bible. Climb up the mountain. No, he said speak. The Lord Jesus said speak. The Lord Jesus said speak to the mountain. The word of God never changes. But my brethren counted all joy that's where we make a mistake. We don't follow the scripture. When we go into trials and tests and tribulations, when we go into temptations and facing obstacles, all we do is cry, moan, complain, whine. So God can't get no glory out of none of it. Why? Because we're moaning, we're crying, we're complaining, we're whining, we're screaming. But yet the scripture said, count it all joy. What, brethren, when you fall into diverse, listen, look, look at the scripture. It says, I'm going to read it one more time. But count it all joy, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Notice it said, when you fall into diverse temptations. He didn't tell you you're going to walk into a temptation. He said you'll fall into it. That's something to think about. That's something to think about. You're going to fall into temptation. He didn't say you're going to walk right into temptation. He said you're going to fall into it. Psalm 23 said, lead us not into temptation. Leading me, you're going to walk into it. Follow me, you're going to be going about your business and it's going to happen. Isn't that something? You're going to be going about your daily business. You got the Bible tells us plainly that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. You got to know your enemy and his tool. 
why so many people fail? That's why. The Bible says, search the scripture in them. You think you have eternal life. And many people have testified that they had eternal life. And at the end of the day, they found out they did not have it because they had not applied the word of God to their life. They just were religious. They just did this thing religiously. People wonder why so many people have fallen away from the Lord. Excuse me, since the pandemic outbreak. So many people have walked away from God. They don't want to serve God no more because they had church salvation. They had church building salvation. They didn't have eternal life. Eternal life is a way of life that you live day in and day out, 365 days a year, in the church building and out of the church building. Not Sunday, not Friday, or whenever you go to the house of God. That's religion. When we go to the house of God, we're going to assemble together to worship God corporately and hear God's words corporately. But when we home, we should read God's word on our own. We should pray. We should spend some time in fellowship with God. It's a difference. Why we face so many obstacles? Because God isn't leading us. We're not acknowledging he cannot. Oh, my goodness. He cannot, he cannot lead us if we don't acknowledge him in all our ways. How are you going to get direction from somebody? And you don't know where you're going if you don't ask nobody. <clears throat> and the GPS isn't working. And don't always depend on GPS because it will jack you. I was watching a video uh, uh, on train, right? And the man was on the train, even on the bullet train. The, 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 uh, the GPS for the train speed went from 300 to almost 500 miles an hour. And he said, no, it's got to be something wrong. So we shook it and it went back down to 300. <laughs> you can't trust GPS. But you can't expect to get direction for deliverance, salvation, healing if you don't go to the master. You could go to the doctor, even doctors, some doctors gonna tell you you need a, you need a miracle. There's nothing we could do for you. So if you don't go to the master, it's nothing that's happening. You're gonna die. I'm dead serious, you're gonna die. Obstacles. We make these obstacles. We make obstacles and then we want God to work with us. We want God to move with us. We want God to bless our lives. But we will not acknowledge him in all our ways. We got all these little scammy things we're doing, but we don't want him to know about it. But you a dummy anyway, because God knows all things. He want to see if you're going to acknowledge him in your way. <clears throat> The scripture here is really, really interesting because it tells us, my brethren, count it all joy. Now, the thing here is, just like when I first got saved, the preacher told me everything was going to be all right. That was a lie. Everything wasn't all right. I didn't have a job. I didn't know how to walk with God. I really didn't have nowhere to live. Oh, it wasn't all right. I was going to walk in a temptation. I was going to fall. I was going to stumble. I was going to do all these things. He told me everything's going to be all right. If he had told me, son, if you acknowledge God in all your ways and every step you take from today, God will help you through. I had to learn all that stuff on my own. I was walking in all kinds of brick walls. But I didn't know. I wasn't a walking Bible. I didn't know. But when you first get saved all the time, everything's not going to be all right. You got to get to know God. You got to learn how to reach out for him. You got to let God help you overcome those obstacles that you're going to face in life. You're going to fall into temptation just like everybody else. You're not above temptation. No man's above temptation. I don't know who out these preachers teaching that lie. No man is above temptation. None. No woman, no man, no boy, no girl. People say, well, uh, 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 uh. Some people are. No, there ain't a soul on this earth ever 
that's been above temptation. Except Christ Jesus. No natural man has ever been above temptation. None. At no time. Every man is going to face obstacles. Every man. Every boy. Every girl. Every woman is going to face them. And you know what? You want to take it a step further? Even animals face uh, obstacles. Even I, you don't believe me? If you have a dog or cat and they like they know you eat good food, leave that food on the table. <laughs> and walk away. See, now that that dog or cat is not tempted to go for it, because I've been through it. We had a dog named Sheba. She loved hot food. And if you had hot meat, hot meat on She didn't want your beans. She didn't want your rice. If you had chicken or steak or pork chops or anything on the table, on your plate, and it was nice hot from the stove, when you turn your back, Sheba grabbed it. She was tempted to it. She sit there and watching. We would know she watching. I turned my black dog and grab my meat, me and her fight. She ripped you off of your food. She was tempted because it looked good and smelled good. No one is above temptation. Why do you think mice get caught in traps? They put cheese and peanut butter in it. And what happened? The mice sniff it and smell it. Oh, that smells good. And he got a reaping for it and gets stuck on the trap. Temptation. <laughs> Nothing is above temptation. Nothing at all. Nothing to breathe in the trees. Nothing is nothing is above temptation. That's something to think about. Obstacles we will all face throughout our lifetime. It'll be a part three to this message. I don't know why God keeps asking me this way. It'll be a part three. He already told me while I was standing. Just be funny. But obstacles are there for reason. They'll help you see your way. They will help there to help you see uh, your mistakes and sin. And then there's sometimes the devil put them there. It's your job to know who put those. It's your job to know what type of life you live in. The Bible so we just talk about the scripture, no temptation of overtaking a man. That's common to man. The whole thing is none of us are above temptation. None of us are above uh, having dealing with obstacles that you're going to face them in life that we live with. God to face obstacles. All kind of obstacles. obstacles that present themselves to us to bring about change. When President Obama was running for uh, 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 president, he was talking about change. People, people got it all crossed up. He's gonna try and change the government. He's gonna try and change the. <laughs> He missed the boat. He was a change. <laughs> they missed the boat. He was a change. He must. He was cracking up laughing. He said, "I'm gonna change the whole government." I am. <laughs> he was a change. They, they didn't catch on. Obstacles are presented to us for different reasons, and we need to know why they're being presented. When God brings us out of different things, we can't go back. Because you going backwards, are, are you, listen to me. I know a lot of you love your friends. But your friends can become an obstacle for you in eternal life. I'll say it again. You may love your friends, but your friends may become an obstacle to you for eternal life. And I got saved. I love my friends. I'm not going to lie. I love my friends daily. And I got saved. I really wanted to be saved. I didn't know everything about being saved. But the more I wanted to hang out with them, the more obstacles it became. But I wanted to be saved. I even took one of my friends to the church with me. But yes, yeah, he was interested. I invited him into a revival. Ah, he wasn't interested in that. It hurt me. It hurt me. It hurt me deep down out. 
in my heart. But I had to understand that I'm not the Savior. And salvation is a personal thing, whosoever will. But if I stayed with them, I would have wound up back in the world, not saved. I wanted to be saved. I had to make a choice. It's either going to be them or salvation. I chose salvation. Because they couldn't be there to protect me when things were going wrong anyway. So what's the difference? Obstacles are created sometimes by us, by our actions, our conversation, and our deeds. My brother always says something that's true. And Brother Oliver used to say this too. He said, you can negative yourself out. What am I talking about? You could talk yourself right out of all your blessings. You could talk yourself right out of healing. You could talk yourself right out of deliverance. You could talk yourself right out of God's anointing Amen. with your mouth. Ah, talk. You could talk yourself right out, right in a lasting, everlasting, everlasting obstacle. Yes, you can. I'm going to be honest with you. Years ago, I didn't believe that. But then when you read that word of God, it tells you that you could talk yourself right into hell. You could talk yourself right into utter defeat. The Bible said the weapons of our warfare are not caught up, but mighty through God to the pulling down a stronghold and casting out every imagination to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. However, <laughs> you got to acknowledge that. If you run around saying, I can't do this and I can't do this and I'll never be this and I'll never be that, you just feeding on negative stuff. I'm not talking about positive thinking. Positive thinking have nothing to do with salvation. That's trickery. Because that positive thing of it, positive thinking, teaching, or have you think you're going to go to heaven the way you are. You, you're, you're a liar, you're a thief, you're a rapist, you're all these other things that you run around. I'm a positive thinker, I'm a positive thinker. I only think positive stuff, I only think. That's stupid. Now you become a robot. No, I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about acknowledging what the word of God said. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, the thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. And that's where the problem comes in. God wants to, yeah, I got thoughts of peace and not evil to you and want to give you an expected end. And yet, he can't give you the expected end because your, your, your expected end is nothing but negative. He's not a Amen. negative God. He's not a God of defeat. That's all. I like that about God. God is not a God of defeat. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me today. God is not a God of defeat. He's a victorious God. Even his son, Jesus Christ, was victorious. He rose from the dead on the third day. Somebody say, how you know that? Don't be with in me. I told you I used his name. And it works. I wasn't no big time preacher or nothing like that. I wouldn't even know nothing about preaching back then. I just got saved a few months. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I kept hearing them talk about the name of Jesus. I just went about my business, forgot about it. And the time came for me to know that that name was powerful. But it's something to think about how we allow obstacles to slay our lives, our victory, our finances, and our home. Just because the doctor tell a person they have cancer or uh, diabetes or di 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 diabetic or this, that, that doesn't mean it's true. I'm going to tell you something. I know of a story of a lady. She felt, uh, I guess she said she felt a lump in her chest, a breast. And she went to the doctor. The doctor told her she had breast cancer. So she came home. 
all the children, our family and friends. And she went to the pastor to pray. And she goes to the pastor and pray. I want you to talk to the Lord and ask him, oh, well, well, what I, well, he's going to heal me or what are you going to do? So the, the pastor came back and told me, the Lord told me that you don't have any cancer in your body. The lady wasn't happy. She went and told her friend, Pastor so-and-so said I have no cancer in my body. My friends and family told her, do not listen to him. I'm telling you right now, don't listen to him. Go get the operation. So she went and got that operation when a, a, a doctor opened up her breast, they didn't see a drop of cancer. There was no cancer in her body whatsoever. So they stitched her back up and she goes through the um, rehab or however they do it. And then she went home. And one day while she was home, she slipped in the bathroom, bust her breast open, and she was recuperating and she bled to death. It wasn't the pastor's fault. He told her, she asked him to see God regarding the matter, which he did. He told her what the Lord told him because he was a real man of God. And she knew he was a real man of God. That's what makes it so bad. She knew he was a real man of God. And she asked him to pray. She became her own obstacle for death. That's not funny, but she did. She became her own obstacle for death because she acknowledged God in the situation but did not heed what he had to say. She would probably live longer. But what happened was, because she listened to her friend, see, you got to understand something about God. Don't insult him. You're going to go ask God, what do you think about this? And then you're going to turn around and do what you want to do. Don't expect him to be there. Don't expect him to help you. He's not getting involved in it. I know that's harsh, but it's true. God is not going to get involved when you have disrespected him and have not acknowledged it. And that was, a, that was a case there. It was a very sad case because she didn't have to die. There was not a drop of cancer found in her body. Not a drop. But she let herself and her friend override what God had said. Even dealing with medical stuff, you should always get a second opinion anyway. But because this life we live, we become our greatest obstacle. We become our biggest problem. We fall into temptation, sometimes unnecessarily, but because we won't listen to the voice of God, because we're going to do what we want to do. Obstacle. They can be avoided. Obstacles can be defeated. But we have to be willing to defeat them. I know the young man that uh, uh, up here where I live, a young man some time ago, I talked to him about, uh, I, I had a business opportunity I was offering him to help him get out of the situation with him. He rejected it. I was startled, startled that he rejected it. But he rejected because he didn't want to give up his, uh, what they call a, a social service check. We used to call it wealth. But anyway, he didn't want to give that up. Well, they'll take my $200 a month from me. Huh? I'm offering you an opportunity to make money so you can get out of this mess. He didn't want to do that. Give us his own obstacle to a better life. And it's true. Many of us have our own obstacles because our self-ignorance Self-determination to destroy ourselves. We're our own worst enemy. We are our own biggest obstacle. It don't have to be like this. Some of y'all listen to this broadcast now, watching this on YouTube, whatever you're hearing this message on the podcast. Stop being your own obstacle. Stop falling into unnecessary temptation and obey God's will. 
Those of you that's not saved today, this is your opportunity to be saved. Those of you need delivered, this is your opportunity to be delivered. It's really about us being willing to accept what God has to say to us individually. So, bow your heads with me and let's pray. Next week will be part three of the, this message. Uh, um, this was supposed to be part two, but it's going to be a part three. Uh, uh, obstacles. Bow your head with me and repeat after me. Lord Jesus, come on, come on. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to wash me in Jesus' precious blood. Save me, sanctify me, and fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your strength. I acknowledge you today in my way. Help me not to be an obstacle in my own life and in others. I accept you as my personal savior. I thank you for dying on the cross of Calvary for me and rising on the third day. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, and those that need to live it, let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to touch every liberal soul that's in need of healing and deliverance financially, mentally, spiritually. Oh, Lord God, I ask you to strength off your hand and touch, heal, deliver, and make free. I thank you for their deliverance. I thank you for breaking the yokes in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it, beloved. Listen, next Sunday, 5.15, part three of Obstacles, Wednesday night, Bible study at 8.15. I'll see you then. Be blessed.